Welcome to Nourish and Shine, where I talk with passionate leaders in the fields of nutrition, functional and integrative medicine, and wellness, providing inspiration and practical advice to nourish your mind, body, and spirit, optimize your health, and live a whole vibrant life starting now. The Nourish and Shine podcast is provided for educational and informational purposes only, and it is not medical, mental health, or healthcare advice. The information presented here is not intended to diagnose, treat, heal, cure, or prevent any illness, medical condition, or mental or emotional condition. Please make sure you consult with a trusted healthcare professional before you make any changes. My absolute favorite quote from today's interview is menopause is not a disease. I am so thankful to be able to talk with Val Joan today. She is from Ayurveda with Val and is going to share with us all about Ayurveda and menopause and how we can use Ayurveda to help the natural transition through menopause and really feel more supported and healthy as we move through this phase of our lives. I hope you really enjoy this episode. I know I enjoyed recording it. And if you did, please feel free to leave me some feedback or leave me a rating or review on iTunes. Enjoy. Welcome to Nourish and Shine. Today I'm talking with Val from Ayurveda with Val. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for joining me. Hello. Thank you so much, Amy, for having having me in your show. Oh, I really appreciate you being here. And we have such a great topic today. We're talking menopause and Ayurveda. But before we get into that, I'd love for you to tell us about yourself. Yes. So um, I am, um, I'm 51. I am French, as you, may, um, as you may notice from my accent. I live in San Diego with my family. I moved here a little bit more than eight years ago um, for my work um, initially, and uh, and we've been enjoying life here since then. I have been into yoga and um, for, oh my God, I don't know how many years, but maybe more than 15 years. I discovered that because I had to travel a lot for my my work um, as a professional, um, and, uh, I, and I thought it was the best way for me to continue doing things wherever I was in the world. In the world. In the in, in my in my hotel room or on the on the road, um, so I really started um, you know approaching yoga as the um, with the physical aspect, but then um, then I, I quickly moved into the more um, spiritual and mental practices, and uh, and I wanted to get um, deeper into that, so I decided to certify as a yoga teacher to put some framework into um, the knowledge um, that I. Uh, I wanted to acquire and then I went to India to actually um, finish the certification and that's when I got uh, introduced to Ayurveda for the first time eight years ago in Kerala as I was um, finalizing my yoga training certification and um, and uh, I instantly felt it was really very um, complementary and, uh, and the natural extension of everything I, I've been learning um, in yoga. So um, that's when I started digging into Ayurveda. And since then, I, I've been really um, fascinated um, by this um, very elegant um, but complex system and way of um, approaching life in general. And, um, and I decided also to train 
on um, as a, as an Ayurvedic health counselor. So um, that's uh, that's what I've done. So that's my path from yoga to Ayurveda. And today I'm kind of combining everything in more of a lifestyle approach than really two um, separate disciplines uh, because I think that they really make so much sense um, and, and they're very coherent together as, as a whole lifestyle. And we had on France Brunel a few episodes ago talking about Ayurveda and a season, seasonal approach. But I love um, that we're going to talk today really about Ayurveda and menopause. So definitely people should go back and listen to the episode with France. But today's episode, I think is going to be really a nice spin on Ayurveda um, and how to use it through a transition in life. Um, but before we get into that, let's talk about what exactly is Ayurveda. Yes. So let me. Yeah. So uh, you can you can obviously uh, listen to France, and, and I think she made a pretty good um, introduction to um, what Ayurveda is. I would say for me, um, it's really a whole lifestyle. So obviously, the three pillars of Ayurveda Ayurveda are digestion, the food, um, uh, the self care, and uh, and the sleep. Um, but um, but it's more than that. It's a whole system of how you reconnect to um, to our own unique nature as individuals and with um, nature as a whole. Um, so um, as you as you know, Ayurveda originates um, more than five thousand years ago in India. Um, People used to say it's the science sister of yoga, but I, I would say for myself, um, it's the big sister of yoga because I think it gives an outlook on, on, on life and how we connect to life and uh, the planet and the energies um, that is superior to yoga. And yoga is kind of um, one of the branches uh, of, Ayur- of Ayurveda, according to me. Yeah, so it's very holistic, um, as I said. Uh, it's very so. It's very personal um, because um, it is it is the individual um, in body and mind as being unique, and and so it's not one size fits all. Um, so everything in Ayurveda is very personal, and it's based on um, this very elegant um, concept that we all life on the planet um, comes from the five elements: space, air, fire, water, and earth. And from that um, derives the, the, the three um, doshic personalities or energies that we call Vata, Pita, and Kapha. And each, um, each dosha has its own um, attributes and qualities. And, and so the, the whole goal of Ayurveda, if you will, is to prevent imbalance and keep all of that into balance to actually create a sustainable um, healthy, uh, balanced way of life that will prevent any disease to happen. One of the things I love, like you said, is really the balance and that that balance changes. So it's not static. Like once you're so much vada and so much pitta and so much kapha, it doesn't always stay like that exact proportion. It can depend on the seasons and stage of your life and so many other things. I'd love to transition into talking about menopause um, and how you relate Ayurveda and menopause. Yes, absolutely. So before we get into um, how menopause can be different, whether you're Vata, Pita, and Kapha, I would, I would like to start with saying something that to m- my heart is very important, is that first and foremost, menopause is not a disease. You know, I, um, I hear so many uh, women and, and men, you know, and society in general, 
are talking about, you know, how terrible um, this moment in life is and how bad the symptoms are and that we should totally, you know, eradicate that. And, and just as if, as if it was a disease. But let, let's remember that menopause is a natural and uh, transition phase in life. Like, you know, puberty is a transition phase in the life of, of a girl uh, or a boy. And um, and I would say even more than that, menopause is very um, is, is a protective mechanism that is preventing our body as women to actually you know continuing to create babies because we're getting to a stage in our life where um, it would it would not be healthy for us. It could even be dangerous for us, the baby, to uh, <laughs> to to happen. So, um, so I, I'd like to change this outlook on menopause, and uh, and so when you look at it this way, you're thinking, okay, this is a natural phenomenon, and you want to apply um, the minimum chemical responses to um, the pain and, uh, and and the discomfort that menopause can create, and. Um, and of course, you don't want to suffer, and no woman should suffer. This is definitely not what I'm saying. And when you know you need to, when you suffer too much uh, of whatever symptom of menopause happens, you obviously need to um, need to heal the pain and, and stop the suffering. So I'm not against uh, you know um, chemicals and uh, allopathic and modern medicine at all, not at all. But in general, um, most of the discomfort that women uh, experience are um, bearable and 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 you know mild enough that we can try to listen to them, uh, understand what they're what they're saying to us. Um, and, and apply um, some natural um, responses uh, from Ayurveda and other fields um, to, to try to do, to, um, to attenuate them. So I'd say menopause is natural, um, minimum chemical is required. Ayurveda can provide a lot of responses. And, and, and it's also when you start digging into Ayurveda, it just opens the door to looking at the rest of your life, you know, it's, menopause is an opportunity to change a lot of other things that you think you were doing right, but you're not necessarily doing it right. Because when you when you start to understand your your dosha, your your personal unique constitution, body and mind, then you start changing the way you eat. You start you start applying your, the right self care um, that will balance your dosha, and 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 you know, eventually it will benefit also all the, the symptoms of menopause because you're creating a more healthy lifestyle. Um, and that sets the foundation of how you will be strong and healthy in the second part of your life. So, um, so I think it's important to start from that point of view. And then, um, and then talking about Ayurveda, uh, yes, um, whether you Vata, Pita, and Kappa, you will experience um, different types of um, discomfort at menopause. You know, each, each dosha will manifest differently. Um, so for example, for Vata people, um, there will be a lot of um, uh, sleeping, um, sleeping uh, irregularities, sleeping problems, a lot of nervous, ner ner nervousness, anxiety, um, a lot of constipation, a lot of vaginal dryness, uh, because vata is dry by essence, so uh, menopause um, in the life of, uh, of you know, in the 
in the evolution of life, menopause is known as the vata time. Menopause is drying for the system. So when you apply that to somebody who already has a, a, a vata um, a vata quality, uh, which is dry, then it's even more dry, dry, dry. Um, so we need to we need to nourish, we need to oil, we need to uh, we need to balance the dryness uh, for vata people more than anybody else. Um, yeah, so that's for that's for vata. You know, basically pita people, um, pita women will have um, a lot of hot flashes. Uh, because pita, pita is hot by essence, um, they will have night sweats. Um, they will have a lot of manifestation um, on their skin, such as um, rashes and acne. It's not it's not unusual for um, pita women to experience acne at menopause. Um, they will have um, irritability, a lot of angry. Um, they will have um, incre increased blood pressure um, and, and, and often a urine, urinary tract infection, uh, something that is less known, um, but um, it does, it does uh, happen more frequently at menopause, especially on PETA women. Um, and for CAFA, um, for CAFA, it's more about um, slow digestion, you know, digestive problems, uh, weight gain, um, retention of fluid, um, a, a sense of being uh, lethargic, a heaviness, um, a lot of depression, uh, depression cases on Vata women at menopause. Um, um, some, yeah, a sense of slugginess, of being sleepy all the time, no energy, um, bloating and swelling also, you know, this, this whole thing of, oh, everything is stagnant, you know, my, not, the energy is not moving inside my body and, and the digestion and the fluids are, are not, are not moving correctly. Um, so that's, that's for Kappa women. So yeah, so every everybody will um, react um, differently, um, and so that's that's very interesting um, if if you look at it this way, uh, and from the Ayurvedic perspective, because then you can apply um, different recipes based on on your your own constitution. I really appreciate your explanation specific to the doshas too. That's the first time I had really thought about the doshas and menopause in that way. And it really makes me question like even starting to apply this in perimenopause so that you're going into menopause really mm -hmm. um, prepared, especially like as vata, if that's the vata time of life. As far as digestion goes, that's really one of the staples of Ayurveda. Can you speak to how Ayurveda and digestion um, influences one's experience of menopause? Yes, absolutely. So, um, and I think that's, that's a very good transition to um, the discussion that I usually have with, with women around me, because then, you know, the next question they would have, they would ask me is, okay, what do I need to do? And I always say, you know, first, first and foremost, what you have to start with is your digestion and, and, and clearing, detoxifying your whole um, GI tract, your digestive system, because that's uh, where everything starts. If you start doing, if you want to do um, something on, um, on um, a, a foundation that has a lot of toxins on it, it it's, it's not going to serve you. It's not going to create any result. It's like, you know, trying to, I don't know, putting more, uh, I don't know, trying to put something on, on, 
on 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 the face that has a ton of makeup and you you want to you want you know you want to treat your 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 skin and your skin is not clean that doesn't make sense so first you have to uh you have to go through the um detoxification of your gi tract and uh, and ayurveda as the um you know this this detox cleansing um recipe and system that is very gentle and easy for everybody to do based uh, on uh, on a traditional recipe called the kitchari and that's usually how I, I, I advise uh, women to start with so kitchari is um kitchari is easy to do uh, you can do it in your in your home um, it's a, it's a it's a basic um, recipe that everybody knows in india and there's so many different uh ways of doing it but uh, there's, as i used to say there's as many kitchen recipes as um there are um, indian grandmothers um <laughs> but but if you want to but so you can do your own but um but but the, the beauty of it is that um you should respect um the, the, the mix of spices because uh it's been um it's been defined to be um the most efficient to be digestible and and clean and detox the 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 GI tract so kitchen is based on uh mang uh dal bean uh basmati rice a little bit of ghee which is clarified butter and um organic sesame oil and then uh a number of different spices such as mustard seed um cumin turmeric black pepper um coriander fennel fenugreek you also put some cardamom some clove um some bay leaves that you want that's not necessary but you can do that and uh and and uh, and some fresh cilantro on the top if you know in the end too so you can do that at home and there's tons of recipes out there on on, on the web or you can find find one on my on my blog and uh, you do that for ideally three days and um together with the with the kitchari you would um drink um another very traditional ayurvedic recipe called the ctft and ccf stands for cumin coriander and fennel and those three um spices also combine ideally to um to work on the digestive fire and help the um the absorption of nutrients as well as stimulating stimulating the um lymphatic system so um CCFT also is an easy uh, recipe to find um you can find the um the the, the dosage on um of of all of that in my on my website but um but so you 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 make that at home uh with the cumin seeds and fennel seeds and coriander seeds and water and you drink that all day long um and you as as and you eat as much kitchari as you want because and that's the beauty of it you know this mono diet is easy to do because first of all it's good i mean from my for my test it's it's very savory and second it's um you don't feel like you're doing a diet and you don't feel depleted or or tired it's very nourishing it's gentle uh you never uh, feel like you uh you're starving or anything so you can easily do it for you know two or three days and it's so efficient and once you've done that then you can start reviewing your um your um you know your 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 food um diet and your self your self care protocols according to your particular um body mind constitution uh from an ayurvedic perspective but but you have to do 
the cleansing and you know um, the reset of your digestive system first. And I love kitchery. That's something I really enjoy making. And it's really pretty simple. It just takes a little bit of time and preparation, but I think it's pretty simple. And like you said, super nourishing. Ghee especially adds that really like nourishing grounding element to it. Um, as far as kitchery goes, do you, with the spice mix, do you make your own spice mix or are you buying like a pre-made spice mix? No, you know what? I used to buy it, but um, to be honest, I, I like to um, I like to do it myself because I think it's um, it's fun to do, and I you can do it in advance and have it always ready, and it's not that that hard to do, and uh, and also for me because I'm a very vata person, I like to add a lot of um, ginger and turmeric, um, and uh, and and my particular taste is also that I love um, cardamom, so I. I I'm, I'm pretty heavy on that. And I also love fennel. So you, you, you will adapt a little bit um, based on your taste. I'm not a fan of ghee, for example. Um, on a side note, for some reason, I don't love um, the taste of it so much. Um, but that's okay because you can, you can replace that with sesame oil, as I said, or olive oil. And that's the thing with Ayurveda. And I think we need also to um, have a different outlook on how we how we practice our Ayurveda here on the West in the West because we don't live you know five thousand years ago in India uh, and we have um, different things around us. So kitchari is a pretty traditional recipe and I think all the the spices are important, um, but it doesn't really matter if you add a little bit more of this and this. You have to make it your own and that's what I said to people you know appropriate embody make it your own try what you like. And because if you if you're doing something that you don't like, then that you're not gonna do it again, or you know, it's not going to be enjoyable. And having fun and enjoy and and loving what you're doing and, and eating is part of the process. It's part of how you are going to digest it, you know, and uh, and and how you just going to enjoy life in general. So um, so we have to make to adapt those recipes. Uh, based on our own test and, and, and lifestyle. Cleansing in Ayurveda really is more about building yourself up, like letting go of ama or like the toxins, but really building yourself up. And I would love to talk with you about Ojas. Menopause in, like, is, I, I see it as being a very exciting transi- transition. And I think it's really the right moment to, um, to build more... Um, say more energy and, and 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 work on our radiant and more confident and joyful we can be in the second part of our life um so one of the big problem at menopause is the hormonal drop uh, estrogen and progesterone in perimenopause it's not a constant drop as you know it's just more you know ups and downs and this roller coaster is what causing us so many troubles, um, and then um, you know gradually it becomes less and less, and then at menopause uh, finally we have um, this very low stable level level of estrogen production, and and our bodies finally um, get to this balance or accommodation, I would say, um, of of um, this low estrogen. So what we need to do uh, is because there's you know this low estrogen and progesterone progesterone production as a direct impact of what we call OJAS, which is in Ayurveda, our 
um, life power, you know, our inner energy, our immunity system, our ability to maintain balance and restraints and changes. Um, so OJET is all of that. And, and the, the, the roller coaster of estrogen has a very strong effect on the OJET. So we need to work on boosting this OJET. And it starts with food. Um, as I said, you know, first of all, we need to get rid of all the toxins. So the Kitchery diet um, protocol is a good one. But then we need to make sure that we cook fresh, vibrant uh, food every day. Um, we never eat well, or we try to avoid uh, as much as possible processed food or um or um, frozen food, or food that has been stagnant too long uh, in the fridge. You know, after 24 hours, there is still, you know, very less ojas, ojas in our food itself. So um, we shouldn't we shouldn't eat food that has been stagnant for longer than that. Um, that's my personal rule. I know it's not it's not always easy, but you know, you do you do the best you can. Um, and then. Um, and then based on, on the different um, constitution, um, you will add what you need to boost your OJA. For example, um, if your Ayurvedic profile is low in kapha, you are going to increase um, the rich onctuous and oily and cooked food um, into your, your diet. That's just an example. Um, then... Um, OGS is also boost, boosted by um, self-care uh, and at menopause, and I think we'll go back to that point later. Um, it's so much important to introduce daily self-care uh, in our routine, um, and routine is something that is very important in Ayurveda in general, morning and, and evening routines. Our OGS can also uh, be uh, affected by the sleep and uh, and and following um, the right uh, sleep rhythm of Ayurveda is something that uh, builds up your oja. Uh, one of the big rules is going to bed before 10 p.m. Um, and, uh, and not um, watching any screen at least the last hour before bedtime um, and instead do some reading or do some um, gentle yoga or do some um, meditation or pranayama, uh, breathing exercise, or listen to some music, write in a journal, whatever you want to do, but um, no screen and, and, uh, and blue light, uh, including the phone. Uh, and ideally, you would like to wake up before 6 a.m. in the morning um, to wake up at a time in a day that has the right energy to feel more um, you know, easily awakened. Uh, and not in a stagnant, uh, more steady and sluggish time of the day that starts after 6, 6 a.m. Um, so that's another example of how you would like to um, to work on your OJAS um, at menopause. And uh, the last one, which is probably my favorite one, is the connection with nature. Um, because menopause is a very vata moment in time, as I said, um, in the lifetime of a woman, um, menopause um, corresponds to a vata energy time. Um, so vata is very, you know, airy and unstable and up in the air. Um, and, and we need to ground ourselves. 
We need to put our feet on the ground. We need to feel the connection with nature more than ever. So anything you can do to connect with nature um, at, um, at menopause is, is going to balance this better energy um, that, that, that you feel in your body. Yeah. And so let's dive into sleep just a little bit. As far as managing like your sleep when you're going through menopause and possibly experiencing hot flashes, how do you recommend people manage their sleep rhythm? A very big rule um, in Ayurveda in general, and it's not just for menopause, but for everybody is to recognize that um, the day, the 24 hours of the day are um, divided into their own um, doshic energy. Um, so from 6 to 10 a.m. and p.m. is a kapha time. So if, and kapha, as we said before, is very um, grounding, grounded, uh, stable, um, but it's also kind of um, stagnant and a little bit sluggish. So you don't want to, um, you don't want to, you know, um, wake up in this time. Um, you want to um, you want to wake up uh, in a time that is more energetic, uh, and uh, and that would be the Vata time. So Vata is from two to six a.m. or p.m. and uh, that that's where you would like to wake up in the morning. Um, the Pita time is from ten to ten to two a.m. or ten to two p.m. and um, and as I said, you don't want to be um, to you don't want to fall asleep after 10 p.m. because then you would be into this vata energy of the day, uh, and vata is um, is very um, uh, dynamic, fiery, you know, ambitious, driven. There's yeah, there's fire. There's 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 this um, there's this energy into into pizza that will keep you awake in in your body and mind, and so this is not favorable for falling into sleep. So that's the first rule. And then, um, so you were asking me uh, for the for the night sweat. I think you know, as I said, um, the people, the women who are experiencing the most um, night sweat are the pita dominant women and for them it's even more important that they respect the the rhythms that i just described before because as a pita woman if you go to bed in a pita time it's pita plus pita it's too much energy too much fire it's going to be very hard to fall asleep and to have a restorative uh, sleep so respecting the um, respecting the rhythms of the day is the third the first thing um, and then um, you can um, go into some self-care that are going to be cooling for the body. For example, doing um, an abhyanga, a massage with um, cooling oil, such as, such as coconut oil, before going to bed. Um, it's going to be um, relaxing and cooling for pita women. So that's going to diminish uh, the night sweat. Obviously, you know, the basic advice of being, uh, you know, having some um, some air circulating into your room, um, those kind of things. Um, and then again, as I said, um, even more for, for Vata and Pita than for uh, Kafa, you don't want to watch a screen before going to bed because it's very stimulating for your eyes um, and your brain. 
and uh, and and Pita and Kata people and Vata people, um, which I, I am I am Pita I am Pita and Vata you know dominant. So um, so I know how it feels. It does stimulate my brain, and uh, I find it very difficult to fall asleep quietly after that. So that would be my last advice um, for um, for a good sleep. Yes, and then as far as cooling things, so you mentioned coconut oil for Abhyanga. <laughs> Um, to cool the body. Do you recommend um, other foods or things to help um, cool someone when you feel that you're running um, hot or more pitta? In general, um, the pitta balancing foods um, are going to be, um, well, in general, I would say you want to avoid um, everything that's too, that is too um, spicy and stimulating. Um, so, um, everything that is, that is, you know, every, um, everything that is going to be too hot, uh, in both senses, uh, like hot in, 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 in the temperature and hot in the spices, you want to, uh, you want to avoid the chiropita because you already have this fire inside of you. So you don't need more, you don't need more fire on fire. Um, you want to avoid, so Ayurveda tra- traditionally, um, tells us that uh, you want to minimize tomatoes, um, carrots, beets, uh, eggplants, onion, um, garlic, um, spinach, sour fruits, um, things like uh, brown rice, um, corn, uh, rye, mie. So there's a, there's a list of, of, of things that you want to avoid if you're a pita person. Um, and what you what you would like to base your um, your food and your diet um, on are um, a lot of uh, fruits like apple, avocado, berries, um, mango, melon, pears. Um, or those are those are those fruits are balancing. Uh, every sweet fruit is balancing for for pita. Uh, prunes, raisins, watermelon. Um, every sour fruit is going to be aggrav- aggravating. So you want to go to the sweet fruits. Uh, in terms of vegetables, you want to um, you want to eat a lot of uh, broccoli, um, Brussels, cauliflower, um, asparagus, cucumber, celery, green beans, leafy greens, uh, zucchini, squash. Um, every in general, every sweet and bitter vegetable is gonna be uh, balancing. And um, and yeah, if you if you are um, not vegetarian and you eat meat, um, you want to avoid uh, the um, you know um, the beef uh, and um, you know things that are too red in terms of meat, uh, and you want to favor chicken, uh, turkey, um, you know, freshwater fish, um, and a little bit of shrimps. So those are those are the big um, the the big um, guidelines that I would give. And again, uh, when it comes to herbs and spices and condiments, um, you uh, want to avoid anything that is um, that is too uh, too strong uh, and too um, uh, too stimulating for uh, the digest digestive system. As far as temperature goes, so like. I know in Ayurveda, one of the things that's really encouraged for um, many of the doshas or most of the time is um, cooking your food um, to make it more digestible or cooking fruit even um, to make it more digestible and to keep 
um, that digestive fire going and avoiding like icy beverages and things. When it comes to menopause, are the recommendations still the same or do they vary at all? Yeah, totally. It's very much the same. And it's even, it, it's even um, more important because as I said, in general, for everybody, whatever your um, uh, initial um, doshic personality is or dominance is, um, menopause is a vata time. So, and so you want to eat most of your food um, cooked on tooth and avoid anything that's raw in general and uh, and cold and icy you know all the smoothies and you know green juice that are super cold uh you want to avoid anything anything like this so i would say in general um a vata uh, balancing type of diet is good for everybody um, so you would, you would like your, your, um, your food not to be too dry. Um, like for example, you know, all the nuts, uh, and dried fruits, you would try to minimize. Uh, you can have some, but you know, not too much. Um, sweet fruits are usually balancing. Um, you, as I said, you want to avoid raw vegetables. Um, you want to, um, avoid, um, also, things that are hard to digest, uh, unless you're very, very pita dominant. Um, but everything like you know sprouts and cabbage um, are going to be harder to digest at menopause, so you want to avoid that. So yeah, I would say in general, um, you want to you want to look into more you know the vata type of um, diet uh, at menopause time than anything else. Um, but again, um, as I said, that's, and that's also, you know, the beauty of, of Ayurveda is that it's very personal. So I always say those are the big guidelines and it's kind of, you know, the rules that want to guide everybody, but, but play with your food. Um, try what works for you. You know, uh, if, if, if something doesn't work for you, just, just, just change it. Listen to your body. Listen how you react. Listen, you know, uh, sluggish or uh, bloating or uh, or erratic your digestion is, and and do the changes. Um, don't just you know follow a rule, but make it yours, adapt it, and 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 then experience it. I love that because that really brings up intuitive eating and kind of being present when you're eating um, totally. to know what's going on with your body and be in tune with that. When we're talking menopause, it's hard not to talk hormones. Can we dive into that? Uh, we talked about hormones and how they affect the, um, the OJAS uh, in general, um, but um, I would like to um, maybe here talk a bit about um, the um, the phytoestrogens um, that can they can bring um, they can bring some um, benefits to uh, menopause. So usually, you know, when uh, here in the U.S. and in most of um, Europe, when you go to see your doctor and you have those um, first um, symptoms of um, perimenopause. Um, your 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 doctor will tell you that um, you have to take some um, therapy, hormonal therapy uh, replacement um, type of um, type of prescription, and that you and maybe if you feel depressed, um, they will tell you to take some uh, some some chemicals for that. 
Um, but um, but I think, um, as I said, menopause is not a disease, and we should try to um, minimize um, the impact or the influence that we have on on this decrease, slow decrease over time of estrogen and progesterone, because our body, you know, need to adapt to it. If we go against that, it means that we just delay the moment when our, you know, our body will have to deal with it uh, eventually, because you're not going to take hormonal um, replacement therapy for your whole life, um, unless, you know, your condition is so bad that you really need to. And again, I'm not saying it's, it's wrong, but that's my view about it. Hormonal therapy um, should not be the response. And if you want to look at, um, you know, balancing with hormones, um, there is certainly uh, other responses that chemical hormones that um, that the medical system is proposing us. And uh, and we can find a lot of phytoestrogens um, in in food, um, for example, in soybeans, um, in nuts in general, in whole grain, in apple, in fennel. Uh, in flax seeds, and among the different um, herbs that um, Ayurveda proposed, there is uh, also a number of plants that provide phytoestrogens, um, such as tulsi, shatavari, guduchi, aloe vera. So I think um, this is this is a good alternative to um, hormonal chemical hormonal replacement therapy, and it does work. And because the dosage um, in those um, phytoestrogen um, plants are are lower. Um, there's no risk, you know, of being overdosed or or being, you know, adding too much to your body. It's more it's more subtle and uh, and and mild, um, if you will. So I would um, so I would suggest that. And among those things, um, those little uh, Ayurvedic plants that I mentioned before, I think the most powerful I've, I, I, I've experienced for myself was Chetavari, um, which is a very very uh, powerful phytoestrogen plant, um, and um, and it, it's also a beautiful uh, climbing plant with thin leaves and uh, very graceful stems and branches, uh, delicate flowers, uh, if, you, if you ever see it. Um, but what do you really use for, um, for us uh, in the purpose of uh, phytoestrogen are the, the roots. Um, so it's grounded and it's uh, available in, in the form of a, of a powder that you can take uh, either included in your food um, uh, I like I like to take it in the form of tablets because it's not it's, it's a little bit bitter, so I don't like the taste of it so much. So, uh, but if you just um, take it in the morning with uh, with some warm water and a little bit of lemon squeezed, um, then it's worth. So that would be my recommendation. Shatavari is best for vata and pitta body type. Um, and if you are a kapha body type, um, you would rather look into tulsi. That's uh, a better um, suited uh, plant uh, phytoestrogen uh, source for kapha people. And I love tulsi because of the adaptogenic benefits as well. And I think managing stress and cortisol and everything um, can be so beneficial for everyone, um, but especially around this time as well. Totally, yes, absolutely. In Ayurveda, we we say that everything is connected, and that's that's also um, a very different approach than in West, Western medicine, uh, where um, uh, doctors 
see the body as um, some systems uh, that work in silos or a collection of organs. In Ayurveda, everything is connected to everything. You know, uh, we have the tattoos. If you you know that it's um, that just you know for the for our listeners, the tattoos are the different systems in the body that connect um, uh, different uh, organs and functions together to create a system, a whole system. Um, and everything is connected: mind, body, uh, organs. Uh, and so when you um, work on um, the hormones, um, you affect obviously um, brain and your chemi- the chemicals uh, and, uh, and how you react to stress and the level of cortisol and, uh, and your, your mood. Um, and, but you also affect your libido and, um, and your, your level of energy and your sleep and everything. It's a whole systemic approach. And when you, when you eat the right food, it does the same. And when you go to sleep at the right time, it does the same. So it's, it's about putting in place those different building blocks to create a coherent lifestyle that will, um, that will actually um, put everything in balance. Let's talk a little bit about self-care, Dinacharya. Can you talk about um, what you recommend as far as self-care routines go? So, uh, yes, absolutely. So, Dinacharya is, is, um, is uh, the Ayurvedic word um, to talk about all self-care routines. Um, and, um, and among them, um, there's really three that I, uh, I, I think are super uh, beneficial um, the first one is the abhyanga. Abhyanga is the is the fact of is the action of um, putting some oil and massaging yourself, uh, your whole body. Um, the second one is is about scrapping your tongue every morning with a tongue scraper. It is becoming more and more known in the U.S., but um, but uh, it, it used to be very <laughs> exotic a few years ago. Like nobody was was doing it, and today there's more and more people doing it, which is great um, because we all know that the tongue is 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 a very important um, cleaning uh, organ, and there's a lot of toxins, uh, especially during the night. Um, that um, that accumulate on the tongue, so you don't want to wake up in the morning and you know um, swallow all of that. So the first thing that you would do in the morning is just um, scrapping your tongue to get rid of this what we call um, ana uh, in Ayurveda um, because you don't want to ingest that in your body. So that's one thing, very easy thing to do with a tongue scraper. Um, yeah, then you wanna you wanna also to um, clean your nose with a neti pot and um, you want to you want to fill your neti pot with salted water to do it uh, so that's also something that uh, I would recommend doing every day um, but it's, it's not necessarily you know um, specific to menopause you know tongue scrapping and 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 cleaning your nose with an etipod can should be done uh, at every age of life. Uh, abhyanga, um, you know, position is something that I think is fundamental to do at menopause because, as we said, menopause is a very drying uh, moment in the life of a woman, and um, and we need to nourish um, our skin. We need to nourish ourselves in general and our skin in particular. So there's um, there's the traditional. Abhyanga that you would do with a lot of oil, and um, you would um, really use a lot of oil and, and massage your whole body uh, to 
pull out the toxins and then uh, you go into your shower and you shower uh, lightly. You still want to keep a little bit of this oil on your body so you don't you don't you know shower um, too much. Um, and you do that, let's say, once or twice a week. And then there's the daily uh, routine that I that I love to do, which is with less oil, and I do that every night. Uh, and I after my shower, and I would um, hydrate uh, with some, um, as I said, less oil, so that you can just you know your your, your skin will absorb it. And it's uh, for me, it's not only nourishing to my skin. Uh, because I'm very vata, so my skin is very dry. And um, but it's also a, a moment of um, self-care and um, and self-love. So and I think it's very important, um, especially at menopause, that we that we give ourselves this you know this plus self-love to this body that is changing, um, and we need to accept the changes of our body and love this body. So that's my that's my daily um, little routine um, that I advise uh, everybody. And and you want to choose also the oil that is good for your um, for your dosha. So if you if you want to be safe, you can use sesame oil because it's very balancing for everybody. It's tridoshic. And um, and if you want to choose a specific oil, um, if you're a vata, then you want to um, to pick some oil that is very um, heavy and warm, just like you know, olive and jojoba or almond or even castor oil is very thick. Um, but if you're a pita, you want something more of a cooling oil um, with a sweet fragrance, um, just such as, for example, coconut oil is cooling, sunflower um, oil, pumpkin oil. Um, and if you're a kaffa, uh, you want a more of a light oil um like would be a mustard oil or um or a safflower or corn oil even um or even a jojoba oil would, would do for a kata so yeah pick the right oil for you and if you want to be safe just use sesame oil and uh and, and it's tridoshic so there's no there's no problem with this one it's good for everybody perfect now let's talk a little bit about breast care as well Mm-hmm. So breast care is, is so breast care is um, it, it should be part of the of the abhyanga. Uh, but if you only have five minutes to um, take care of yourself, uh, that's really on the breast that you can dedicate um, that you should dedicate those five minutes. And why the breast? Because this is where um, this is where the uh, toxins want to go. So every so you want to you want to you know make the circulation on this part of your body to uh, to eliminate uh, the toxins and, and make the fluids move. So you would um, and also because we have some um, glands uh, on the armpit um, that are um, directly connected to the breast, um, you also want to make sure that you don't um, put some toxins uh, through the deodorant that you use. So my two advice for breast care is daily, breath, daily message on each breath, on the breath uh, to, um, to, to circulate the toxins in the fluids and eliminate the toxins. And, uh, and then don't use uh, any chemicals 
uh, any, any chemicals in your deodorant that's particularly important for for the breath because there, you know, all the species are directly connected to everything you put on under your armpit. I love that tip. Do you have a specific deodorant that you like, um, or do you make your own? What do you do there? Well, you know what? Um, I know. I wish I could give you an, a precise advice on that, but um, I, because I'm a better person than I like, I like change. I change all the time, so um, <laughs> I've been <laughs> I've been trying I've been trying a lot of things um, recently, and uh, but there's a, there's a lot of options out there, um, and more and more, which is good. I'm Vata too, so I have like three favorites, mm-hmm. but I use this magnesium charcoal one, and then. Um, Primal Life Organics makes like a vanilla coconut, which is really um, clean that I like, or I'll just make my own with like an aluminum free baking soda and arrowroot powder, which is like a dusting powder kind of. And sometimes I'll use like a little bit of um, uh, like a lavender essential oil and dilute that in a little bit of oil and massage it on first and then dust with the powder. And it seems to work pretty well. Yoni care. So let's talk first of all about what does the word yoni mean? And then how do we care for our yonis? Yes. Well, so um, it's, it's, so we're still around this idea that, um, you know, um, vata, uh, menopause is a better time of life and everything is, is, is more and more um, dry in our body, including our, our the vagina. So, um, and that's, that's one of the main, you know, vaginal dryness is, is one of the main problems uh at menopause and it leads to well it's it's coming and it and it's funny because it's at, it's at the root cause and also a consequence of um you know low libido so it's it's coming from you know pain during sex depression lower testosterone and uh and it's 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 complex um but um there's a few things that we can do and that ayurveda is 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 giving us to um, actually um, ease um, our, let's say, uh, nurture and, uh, and and rebuild um, rebuild the libido. Uh, first, um, we want we can use shatavari. Shatavari, um, as I said before, is an adaptogen, so it will it will do whatever is needed. Uh, and in in the in the case of um, yonikir, it's a, it's a very good um, nourishing uh, herb for the vagina, uh, and it's also a libido booster. Uh, it also acts on the on the depression, which um, is, as I said, it's an interconnect of all you know many things. Uh, when you're depressed, obviously you don't have libido. When you're on libido, you 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 know you don't have secretions and etc. So, um, so shatavari is a, is a good plan to use, and uh, and and you can also uh, incorporate that into into um, a balm um, that uh, that you make um, that will um, that can be used as a lubricant. So, if you take a mix, you know, so you you know the ghee and the clarified butter um, can be used as this as it as a lubricant. And also as a nourishing balm for internal massage of the vagina. And uh, if you put um, some shatavari into it, um, then it, uh, it it's becoming even more powerful. So that's something that uh, I would recommend. And there's another um, 
procedure um, that we use uh, in Ayurveda, and it's actually part of um, the Panchakarma um, system. So Panchakarma is the um, Ayurvedic procedure that is based on five different procedures um, that um, people usually do uh, for you know one week to five weeks as a total uh, reset and detox of the whole system. And as part of this process, as part of this protocol, there is one that is called Uttarabasti. And Uttarabasti is a procedure um, where you introduce uh, medicated ghee or oil um, into the uterine cavity. Um, and, uh, and, and this is very powerful for menopause because it will, it will from the inter, internal, um, from the inside, nourish your whole, um, you know, um, vagina. So, for example, you can um, you can create your own uterabasti at home uh, using some uh, some coconut oil, a uh, little bit of lavender, some saffron, chanel seed, trifala, uh, some zucchini. Um, and I, I, we can give the recipe in the in the nut show if you would like. Um, I don't think I put this one on, on my blog, but I should um, because it's it's very powerful and efficient. Um, so that's something that you can do at home. Yeah, that would be great. We can definitely share the recipe. Um, as far as the best yoga and breath work for menopause, what do you have to say here? In general, I would say everything in yoga is good if you don't go into something that is too um, dynamic and, uh, and, and flow-oriented. So I used to be, I used to do a lot of Ashtanga Vinyasa yoga. That was my, my personal um, taste. Uh, but I realize that now what I need is are more, you know, um, quiet and uh, and yeah, and slow practices that will ground me um, and uh, and calm my mind. So um, so I'm more into Atta Yoga, Yin Yoga, um, Kundalini Yoga also to circulate the energy um, than Ashtanga Vinyasa or definitely not Hot Yoga for sure. Um, so. Among the few poses or asanas that I like, um, I like the um, the butterfly, Vedakonasana. Uh, um, I like um, the Uttanasana. Um, I like Adu Mukhasavasana, um, so the, the the down dog. And also, um, I like to practice the Ujjayi breath, um, which is very calming and balancing um, breath. So it's, it's a pranayama, um, and and that's that's I think it's it's very calming and balancing, and it's also a, a great boost for the immune system. It clarifies the mind. Um, it works well also on the on the memory and the nervous system. So it's 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 all beneficial. Ujjayi breath is really my uh, my my go-to in terms of pranayama. You would you would do that like for about um, three to five minutes, ideally. Uh, in and you can sit on a chair or you can sit on the floor, and it's really the um, the action of um, you know trying to recreate the sound of the of the ocean uh, through your nose. So it's all about your nose, inhaling and exhaling. Um, and focusing on the air, the sensation of the fresh air that gets into your nose, and then uh, 
it's filming slowly. So what I like to do is counting to a count of five, five, in, five inhale, five exhale. And as, as you get more comfortable, you would increase the count to maybe eight or 10. And, um, and yeah, that's just as simple as that. It's, uh, it's, it's focusing on the sensation, not overthinking it too much, um, because when you overthink, you get into, um, you know, a, a fight and flight, you know, kind of stress uh, response from the brain. So you just want to be relaxed, focusing your mind uh, and your attention on your breath, counting quietly, and, uh, and just do that for a few minutes and uh, not overthinking it too much. As far as depression and anxiety goes, I know you said these can be kind of signals to someone. Can you explain that a little bit more? Usually um, when we talk about um, menopause, we, we explain that depression and anxiety are coming from the hormonal imbalance. And that is very true. I mean, obviously the fact that the estrogens and progesterone are um, decreasing, uh, and mainly the estrogen creates um, a, a, a bigger, um, you know, um, space for cortisol to express. And then cortisol is is the stress hormone, and it's good in in some in some cases, but it's mostly bad when it's too much cortisol, and your 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 body is uh, totally um, emerged with this with this hormone all the time. And so depression uh, is, is caused by hormones. But again, um, when I talk to women, uh, I realize that um, beyond the hormonal uh, symptoms, there is usually at menopause the, um, the, ra- the rising of something that we feel is not working anymore in our life, something that is not in balance, um, a problem a way of life, um, a lifestyle, a relationship, um, a no pattern, a suffering, something that has not been cleared before uh, comes back, multiplied by 10 at menopause. Because, because what was you know, acceptable before and that we could manage because we were, you know, our hormones were, were okay with it, then because our hormones are putting us um, you know, in at stress, um, all those problems, um, are multiplied and become and become super important and, and variable. So we have to address them. And I, and I say it's a good thing. It's a good thing because um, then menopause becomes an opportunity to finally you know look at the things that um, that didn't that don't work and that we don't want anymore uh, in our life and uh, and address them and change them, whatever it can be for you know for, for anybody. So I, I am usually encourage people not to just try to deal with the symptom and try to, you know, avoid um, anxiety and depression, but, you know, look inside and try to understand what does, what, what do they mean? You know, what is behind and what do, and how do I want to deal with that? How do I want to address that so that, you know, I, 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 be, I, I clear that. And, and I enter the second half of my life with more stability, more joy, uh, you know, more light and more energy. I don't want to carry all those things for the second half of my life. And if I don't deal with them now, when am I going to, do, to deal with them? Now is the right moment. 
So, so it's kind of about you know changing the narrative about around menopause and and looking at it in a natural and and positive way um, because it's it's a great moment for a woman to to transform, um, change what doesn't serve us anymore, and 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 start and you know a new life with more alignment, authenticity, and and yeah, become become a happier person. Oh, I love it. That's such a powerful message. And I love kind of the modern approach that you take to Ayurveda and how you really are changing the narrative about menopause by applying Ayurveda um, to someone's lifestyle during this time and really during all phases of life. Um, are there any final words you'd like to leave our audience with today? So there's one message I would say, and it's it's valid for menopause, but for um, for all the stages of life when it comes to Ayurveda, and it's exactly what you were saying before. It's really, you know, we need to have um, a modern and practical um, uh, view on Ayurveda. Uh, we we need to adapt it to um, the way we live here uh, today uh, in the Western world. Um, try what works for us. Use um, the products, the plants, and the things that are around us. And, uh, and experiment and listen to our body um, and, and then keep what works for us. And then menopause, um, if it was my final word, um, menopause I think is a great moment in the, in, in the life of a woman. I've never felt so well. Um, I have a lot of um, creative power. Uh, I have, you know, finally um, feel, I feel that I finally, um, dealt with all the problems uh, and the sufferings and the things that I was carrying for so many years. Um, and so I, I, I would encourage um, any woman to look at this moment as a transformative moment and opportunity to change things uh, and, uh, and, and, to, um, and to prepare a, a vibrant second part of, uh, of their life. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for being a guest on the show today. I've absolutely loved talking with you. Um, if people want to connect with you, what are the best ways for them to find you online? So there's my um, there's a blog that I have um, that's called um, Ayurveda with Val. Um, uh, so it's a website. And, uh, and you can connect with me also on the Instagram and follow me on Ayurveda with Val on Instagram. Perfect. I'll link everything up in the show notes as well. Thank you so much again. Thank you so much for listening to Nourish and Shine. I hope that you enjoy this episode and that you'll leave me a review on iTunes so that more people can hear the podcast. I'd also love to connect with you on social media. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. I would love to hear your questions, so please send them my way. Also, you can check out my website. It's amysapola.com. I hope that today's interview provided you with some inspiration and practical advice to nourish your mind, body, and spirit, optimize your health, and to live a whole vibrant life. Please join me again next week for another amazing interview. Have a wonderful week.
The Nourish and Shine podcast is provided for educational and informational purposes only, and it is not medical, mental health, or healthcare advice. The information presented here is not intended to diagnose, treat, heal, cure, or prevent any illness, medical condition, or mental or emotional condition. Please make sure you consult with a trusted healthcare professional before you make any changes.